Welcome to All Ears, the official podcast of the Cedar Rapids Colonels, High A affiliate of the Minnesota Twins. I'm your host, Chris Kleinon Schultz, the voice of the Cedar Rapids Colonels. On this podcast, I will interview past and present Cedar Rapids baseball influencers, including players, managers, and executives. Our latest guest on All Ears, the official podcast of the Cedar Rapids Colonels, is Colonels manager and former Colonels hitting coach Brian Dinkelman. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Happy to have you with us, not just for this episode, but also just here in Cedar Rapids the last several seasons. Yeah, good to be back in Cedar Rapids and enjoyed my time here with the Colonels and uh, excited to be on here. We've made it the first few weeks into the 2021 minor league season. What have you enjoyed so far about the return to play and getting the opportunity for you to manage these guys to play and for these fans to come out and support Colonels baseball. Yeah, I just think it's an exciting time, you know, for baseball to be back on the field uh, with the players, fans in the stands, uh, things like that. Uh, you know, I know the boys and all the fans are disappointed there was no baseball last season. Uh, so for everybody to be back and now into the swing of the season, uh, just exciting to be back on the field. You know, going back to that first homestand in particular, you have a socially distanced sellout on opening night and get a shutout. You wrap up that series with a doubleheader sweep, including a walk-off win. Just how incredible was that first week in particular of this season? Yeah, you know, that first week was exciting. You know, you get to play six games at home. Uh, you know, like you said, fans in the stands. And then to win five of the six games and get off to a good start for the season, uh, you know, that was a good first week for us. What have been some of the biggest adjustments for you, the rest of the staff, and the team as a whole for not just not having the 2020 season, but just some of the changes for playing here in 2021? Yeah, you know, just without the season last year, you know, some guys, you know, lose that year of development or experience of playing the game. Uh, and then coming into this season with all the new protocols with COVID, uh, you know, just some different things we had to do through spring training and then coming up here, quarantine before the season starts um, and just some different rules about traveling stuff like that uh, so things we've getting getting used to and adjusted to but I feel as we move into the season now we uh, we're kind of getting used to them you know how much do you applaud everybody at this point I mean you're talking a lot of people in their late teens early 20s throughout the twins minor league system that are having to adapt to these protocols to first and foremost, stay safe, but also to get these games in. Just how important has it been for people to do the right things and get the season off to the good start that we've had so far? Yeah, that's tough. You know, you're asking guys to do things, to stay safe, and uh, not the normal that would be during a baseball season of things they can do away from the field. So, uh, you know, like you said, we applaud the guys for doing the best they can to stay safe so we can get these games in uh, and play our season like it's scheduled and not have any hiccups. Because we chose All Ears as the name of the podcast, being a little bit corny, pun definitely intended, the corn puns always are with us. One of the things we like to talk about with different people is just things, whether it's the sounds of the actual game itself or sounds that relate to baseball in general. And obviously things have been a little different with some personnel changes, trying out some different stuff at the ballpark. But what are some of those things that, you know, in your long time now with the Colonels, hearing different things over the PA system, different songs and different stingers and whatnot, what are some of those things that are just kind of fun to hear again? And why is one of them peanut butter jelly time with John John? <laughs> well, the peanut butter jelly times, I don't know if it's a good one. It's fun to see John excited, but usually we're losing the ball game whenever they play that song. <laughs> so it's a double-edged sword there. But uh, like you said, some of the different sounds of the game, you know, just like 
exciting whenever we uh, have like bases loaded or it's late in the game and the crowd gets into the in the game and just you can feel the excitement in the ballpark. Uh, things like that are just sounds that, you know, we missed out on last year. Uh, music in between hitters or in between innings, stuff like that uh, is always exciting just to feel the rhythm and uh, excitement that the fans enjoy and dancing on top of the dugouts or whatever it may be when we're throwing out T-shirts, stuff like that. So uh, all those things just bring excitement to the ballpark and make it fun to be here. One of the things that I know I've been hearing a lot over the last couple of weeks in particular is here comes the boom following all those Colonels home runs. Cedar Rapids has spent much of the early season leading the high essential in home runs. How much of that is maybe just some changes to how people are playing in these first couple of weeks back in this first season in a while, or just maybe things that people are working on in that longer off season that are paying off in terms of the long ball on the Colonel side of things. Yeah. You know, we've gotten off to a good start with, uh, you know, the home run and scoring runs. So, uh, you know, the guys put in time last year, still getting their work in to uh, practice in at home or wherever they might have been during the time off. Uh, you know, it's something that we stress about hitting balls hard and trying to drive the ball for extra base hits. And so far, we've had some guys who've been able to hit it over the wall and uh, provide us some instant offense. So, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's an exciting part of the game, hitting the home run. And with the new lights we have here, it makes it even more exciting when they do all the light show in between the home runs. Yeah, that's something you can do with the LEDs. You can't do with those old school bulbs. So that is definitely a fun thing. And also for sure. wins when we get them as well, there's just a lot of fun things we can do with that. Plus for fireworks, you get them on quicker after the fireworks end, you get them off quicker mm -hmm. before they come out. You know, And how much for something like that and just the other looming changes with minor league baseball are you excited for in terms of ballpark improvements and really improvement of the minor league season and lifestyle as a whole? Yeah, you know, some of the new upgrades they're working on, like, uh, you know, the double cages at all ball fields, uh, some of the hotels we stay in, some of the travel things. Uh, I think they're all benefits. They're going to help players and coaches just, uh, you know, the wear and tear on your body, of the 140-game season of traveling so much and getting back late at night and have to play again the next day, stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, I think all the improvements or things they're trying to work on are uh, going to be good for the game. Going back to sounds of the game and sounds that we like to hear, one of those certainly as a player is to hear that manager or whoever's saying that you're going up to the next level. And recently you had a guy in Trey Cabbage who feels like he's been in Cedar Rapids for forever between the low A and high A affiliations. He finally got to go to double A for the first time. As someone who's been around for all of Cabbage's time in Cedar Rapids, just what was that like to be able to help Cabbage get that opportunity to move up to double A Wichita? Yeah, it was exciting to tell him uh, the other day, whenever he got to go to double A, you know, uh, I've been with him down at rookie ball and then I've been here for four years now. So watching him grow as a player and his experience in that, uh, you know, to make it to the major leagues, the ultimate goal. So to see him move on to double A uh, was exciting to tell him the other day. And I know he's, he's thrilled to get over to Wichita. And I know this is an easy transition opportunity to go from you telling players that they're going up, to when you got your own call to go up to the big leagues, what do you remember about that day in early June of 2011 when you got that call to go up to the Minnesota Twins? Yeah, we were in uh, Rochester, New York, our AAA affiliate at the time, and we had a day game. Uh, and then me and uh, a couple of my roommates were back at our apartment already that afternoon. One of them is former Colonels manager, Toby Gardenhire, who was there. Uh, and uh, we were at the house. I think we were playing video games that day. And, I had walked away from my phone for a few minutes and it started to ring and Toby is like, Hey, it's uh, Tom Nieto, our manager at the time. 
I was like, no, it's not. And he goes, yeah, it is. I said, he never calls me he, on my phone. I don't know how I talked to him about the field. So I went over there, answered the phone and told me that I was going to the big league. So uh, it was a shock and excitement all at the same time because it was, wasn't expecting it to happen. And then, uh, you know, just back to the apartment one day and you get a call of the blue that you're going to the big league. So uh, definitely exciting. Cedar Rapids Colonels at the Good Times Road. Get the MILB First Pitch app for iPhone and Android, the official app of Minor League Baseball and the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Set the Colonels as your favorite team, and you can order tickets, see upcoming promotions, and get the latest team news. Plus, get stats, scores, and watch all Colonels home games and select road games with an MILB TV subscription. Download the First Pitch app today, the official app of Minor League Baseball and the Colonels. Follow the Colonels on our social media platforms, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Hey, hey, Colonels, let the good times roll. Cedar Rapids Colonels, let the good times roll. You only had 23 games of the big leagues, but you did finish with a career batting average of 301. There's a bunch of guys in Cooperstown that didn't even have that for a career batting average. What do you remember either about your own play or just the entire experience about your time in the big leagues with the Twins 10 years ago? Yeah, I always use that as a joke with some of my friends about a career 300 hitter in the big leagues, but only had like 75 at bat. So uh, I always say the Hall of Fame will probably be calling here sometime soon. Uh, but, you know, the time in the big league was amazing to play in Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota, Yankee Stadium. Uh, you know, it's the ultimate goal as a baseball player to try to reach the major leagues. And to get to do that there for those six weeks was uh, was amazing. Who were some of the guys who are part of that Twins team? Either guys were in that moment you would have really been excited to play with or as time goes on and as some of their careers got better, you think back, it's like, wow, it was pretty cool to have played with him as well. Yeah, at the time I was up there, Jim Tomey was up there. Uh, I think that was at the very end of his twin stint. So to get to play along him, you know, a Hall of Fame guy who hit 600 career home runs, uh, you know, he was an amazing teammate. And just to be around him and the likes of Joe Maurer, guys like that, uh, you know, to be on the same field and in the same clubhouse with them was pretty, pretty special. Well, you had just the one season in the majors. You had eight years as a professional career as a whole. What were some of the big moments and big experiences that you were a part of, be it major league or minor league, in your time in the Twins organization? Yeah, you know, just from getting drafted back in 2006, uh, you know, then starting my minor league career in Elizabethan and uh, just working my way up all the way through the system, through Beloit, then Fort Myers, and through Britain, then all the way to Rochester. Uh, you know, just the playing all those minor league games, you know, working the way up the system with some of the same guys all the way through, uh, you know, all the games, getting to play in the playoffs in a few seasons. Uh, you know, I, just the whole experience was very, very neat. Any championships or just a couple of good playoff runs? We made it to the championship in uh, Elizabethan, but we lost there. Uh, and then we made the playoffs in the Florida State League and in A. So uh, I think we lost in the first round in both of those. So couple of playoff experiences, but no, no championship rings yet. So when your playing career is winding down, did it seem obvious just to go into coaching from there? I think so. You know, my last couple of years, I could kind of, kind of see the right on the wall that, 
and it was toward the back end of my playing career. And, uh, you know, I've loved baseball. I've done it my whole life. So I thought coaching would be something that I would enjoy and like to try. Uh, you know, I took one year off after I got, got done playing. Uh, I w- was back at home working another job and then got into coaching shortly after that. So, uh, you know, coaching was something I thought for a while that I wanted to do. You were the hitting coach for Cedar Rapids 2016 through 2018. You got to work with three pretty awesome managers in Jake Maurer, Tommy Watkins, and the aforementioned Toby Gardenhire. What are maybe some things you kind of gleaned off of those individuals and maybe some experiences and tips from them that may have helped you now in your time managing Cedar Rapids since 2019? Yeah, all three of those guys were amazing to work with, you know, and they're three different personalities. Uh, you know, I think they all see the game a different way a little bit. So you try to pick up something from each of them uh, about how they go about like their daily routine of schedules and handling players and stuff like that with different personality of players. So, uh, you know, I think I learned a little bit from each of them in different ways. So it was good. It was good to work with all three of them. Any one of them in particular good in terms of umpire interaction? Uh, Tommy was pretty good at it. Uh, I know Jake Jake, Jake was very even keel, but if he was mad or something made him upset, he would snap pretty quick. Uh, so I learned that from Jake and Tommy. Tommy was always good about uh, bull rushing the umpires out on the field. So that was always – because I know the umpires seemed to be a little intimidated when they saw Tommy coming after him. I know it's been a joke every now and again over the years. Like, we got to get you your first ejection at some point because you haven't had an ejection at any point in your pro career still, correct? No, I haven't. Not as a player or as a coach yet. So we'll uh, we'll we'll work on that and see what happens in the near future. <laughs> you know, everybody with the pool that definitely doesn't exist, we'll, we'll have that in mind when we look forward to things. You know, speaking of looking forward, you've been in Cedar Rapids the last several seasons. You've even made your home in Cedar Rapids full time. Is the goal to kind of stick around a little bit or do you hope at some point to maybe start moving up the system, maybe try for a big league job of some kind? Yeah, I think I think the goal is, you know, try to make it to the major league as a coach or a manager or whatever role it might be. Uh, you know, I, I like it here in Cedar Rapids. Like you said, we live here year round. Uh, you know, if they ask me to stay here and coach manage for a few more years, I have no problem with that. Uh, you know, I think the ultimate goal is to try to move up the system to make it to the major leagues at some point. So uh, whatever they want me to do, I'll do. And uh, if that's here or in double AA, A, triple A, wherever, uh, I'll happy to do that. You know, we talked a little bit about just being here for Cedar Rapids for the coaching and managerial experience and the continuity of that. Since you've been living in Cedar Rapids since I believe it would be 2016, so what has it been like being not just a hitting coach and manager for the local pro baseball team, but also a part of the community year round? Yeah, you know, I've, I've met so many people and, uh, you know, through the colonels and then through people around town that I've met. Uh, you know, we like it here a lot. Uh, wife works here. Daughter's going to school. Uh, we've had great experience uh, with everything. So uh, we couldn't be happier with the time we've had here. Cedar Rapids, Colonels, let the good times roll. Hey, Colonels. Hey, hey, hey. Colonels. Bring your family. Meet your friends. This is where the fun never ends. Everybody, everybody, everybody knows when you're at the game, the good times roll. Hey, hey, Colonels, let the good times roll. Cedar Rapids, Colonels, let the good times roll. Support the home team and shop the Colonels' official team store, the Bim Ritter Diamond Shop. Get all of your authentic Colonels apparel, including caps, t-shirts, novelties, and more.
There's no better place than the Colonels to entertain clients, be social with coworkers, or just party at the park. Visit colonels.com to learn about all of the ways groups party with the Colonels. Everybody, everybody, everybody knows when you're at the game, the good times roll. Hey, hey, Colonels, let the good times roll. Cedar Rapids Colonels, let the good times roll. Thinking about the upcoming Cedar Rapids schedule, one of the road trips that'll be coming soon will be a trip to your old stomping grounds of Pullman Field in Beloit, Wisconsin, for what could be the final time if they're able to open up the new ballpark ABC Supply Stadium later this year before you come back the second time. Just what do you think of when you go back to Pullman Field and your opportunities there, obviously recently managing a coach and going back to 2007 as a player for Beloit? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been a great experience, you know, playing there in 2007, 2007 and then now getting the coach and managed there. Uh, you know, the, the field's the same now as it was back in 2007. Uh, and we had, a, we had a great team there as, as we played. We made the playoffs there in the first half uh, the year that I played there. So it'll be exciting to have the new ballpark built and, uh, you know, give those players that are there now an opportunity to – further their career with a nice brand new stadium and all the amenities uh, as part of the minor league system. But Pullman field has been great. Had a lot of good experiences there playing and coaching uh, some good games. So it'll uh, for the last time it, it'll be, it'll be exciting. You were a coach on the Cedar Rapids staff that was here for the all-star game in 2016, which was a fun experience for all of us, myself included, but you were also an all-star in that season with Beloit. What do you remember about where the All-Star game was and everything that went into the Midwest League's version of the Midsummer Classic? Yeah, that year was in uh, Kane County uh, and had a great turnout for it. And I remember uh, we had four or five guys from our team that uh, made the All-Star game. And uh, Jeff Smith, our manager, got to manage the team for us that day. Uh, And we got to face from Great Lakes, uh, Clayton Kershaw that day in the All-Star game. So it was a tough matchup for me, lefty on lefty. I think I grounded out to second against him but uh you know the whole experience was good and to face some of those guys who you know future hall of famers like that and play against them in uh, low a ball in king county was uh was exciting hey at least you got bad on the ball that's probably better than what i could do against kershaw now yeah yeah just to put the ball in play i guess was a was a win it's like joe morgan's got a great story i think about uh bob gibson going up against him where he strikes out the first couple of times. So he goes back to the bench saying, you know, I think I'm getting them now. And the next time he like grounds out or flies, I was like, I told you I had them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Sometimes it's the small victories. I mean, we brought up Jim Tomey earlier as a teammate of yours and here Kershaw and your Midwest League All-Star game experience. You know, going off of Kershaw in particular, who else was maybe someone you remember minors or majors that you went up against head to head from the pitcher's mound to you at the plate? Yeah, in the, in the minor leagues, I remember facing Rolls Chapman uh, when he was with the Louisville Bats as a starter with the red system. Uh, we faced Steven Strasburg when he was coming up uh, with the Washington Nationals and Syracuse with their AAA team. So I uh, got to experience a lot of at-bats against a lot of big-name pitchers. Can't say that they went well, but at least I got the chance to face him in the batter's box. So uh, that was good. Do you remember a particularly good encounter, even maybe just one at bat against one of these big name pitchers? I remember Chapman. I walked once or twice. Uh, this was back when he was having a little bit of control issues. So at least I reached base. Man, I got a hit. Uh, at least I got on base against him. Yeah, a hit's always nice, but it's also good to escape or all this Chapman without getting hit by one of those fastballs. That's true. That's true. 
Every once in a while, do you check up the NAI record book to see if those records from McKendry still stand? <laughs> I haven't checked them for a while. Uh, it's probably been six, seven years. So hopefully they're still standing. I don't know if they are, uh, but that was, that was a good time. I don't know if I checked it recently or if I just copied it over from my game notes, but I know I'm looking at them here, and at least I'm still listing total bases, hits, runs, and assists as at least some, if not all, the other records that you might have set at the NAI level at that, what was then known as McKendry College. So you got that going for you, among other things. Well, good. At least I still have those going for me. Yeah. And of course, me being me from my perspective, like as long as your name spelled correctly in the book, no matter how times is in it, that's the big positive. That's right. As long as they didn't spell it out late, then we're all right. <laughs> I still remember Beloit, I think, had your name misspelled on the nameplate in the clubhouse would have been maybe last season. I, whatever season it was, it feels like an eternity ago. You were Brian DeNeckelman for a week. That was kind of fun. Yeah, they had it spelled wrong in the clubhouse in there. And then they had the uh, wall out in the... Uh... I guess grandstand area there of uh, former snappers who made it to the major leagues. And I believe they had it spelled wrong in there too, but can't win every battle. I think it was just that the, your little name play was just the only one that was missing for some reason. Maybe they just didn't want more acknowledgement than the fact that you were just there to begin with in the first place. Could be, could be. <laughs> well, as we begin to wind things down in this wonderful chat with Colonel's manager, Brian Dinkelman here on all ears. We can't have a conversation that lasts this long without bringing up Family Guy at some point because we are <laughs> Family Guy guys. And Family Guy has got a very good history of going into baseball. So you go first and I'll go second. What is your favorite baseball within Family Guy, either if it's one segment or an entire episode or just whatever you want to pick out of it? The, probably the one where Peter gets the hit at Fenway Park and, and legs out the base hit at uh, Fenway. That's, that's my favorite part from the Family Guy baseball. I know there are ones of the recent episode that I finally got you on where he's a manager that are pretty good, but yeah, the bit where he's playing at Fenway Park is awesome. And yeah. of course, it leads me into the fact, because we haven't done this in a while because of protocols, and we don't get to talk to each other as much as we'd like to. We can't bring this up without me doing the speech, right? Uh, I, I, would, I would think so. I would think so. All right. So for those of you in our audience who have not seen this episode, a massive spoiler here, but I think you'd still enjoy it if you watched it. Peter gets an opportunity because he wins a raffle to go to Red Sox fantasy camp and he gets to pitch or bat in a game against a pitcher who looks suspiciously like Pedro Martinez, by the way. <laughs> and there's this nice little bit where he, he actually makes contact. They go to an internal or argument between the brain and muscle departments about, you know, cause it's Peter. He's a large person. It's like, what is he doing? Uh, I believe he's trying to sprint sprint. He got winded just from walking up to the plate. <laughs> and so he's trying to fight his way up the baseline. And then it cuts to, Kind of an inner monologue from Peter that goes a little something like this. I ran like a champion that day, pushing through the pain of two torn hamstrings and a ruptured groin to leg out the hit at Fenway Park I had always dreamed of. But nobody noticed because the account manager from B of A who was playing third base had a massive coronary trying to field my crappy little number. The hit was amazing, but what made it even better is that my family was there to share the moment with me. And on the car ride home, they put on a puppet show that made me laugh so hard, I crashed into a toll booth on the mass pike, totaling the car and breaking Lois's other leg. The cast kind of smells, so I won't let her sleep in the bedroom until they're off. But that's baseball. <laughs> pretty good. You got that one down pretty good. Yeah, that and, of course, the Wilfrill debate section from old school. Th those are my go-tos when I'm at 
you know, whatever parties I'll eventually be allowed to go back to once we finally completely defeated COVID-19. There you go. Those will, those will be big hits at the party, I'm sure. Absolutely. We still got a few months left to this 2021 minor league season. What are some of just the general goals for you and this team to get the most out of this season after not having a campaign to play in in 2020? Yeah, you know, just the main thing is letting these guys get back out on the field and develop and uh, play the game and, uh, you know, learn, move on to the next level, hopefully, uh, you know, and just further their baseball careers. You know, we got a lot, a lot of games left with the months that we have and, uh, you know, continue to work with them each day and uh, make them better and hopefully, you know, push them on to double A, triple A, whatever it might be, and uh, hopefully reach our ultimate goal, the big league. So uh, still a lot of baseball. We're excited. Just glad to be back out there and, uh, you know, having fans in the stands, stuff like that, too. Just uh, just the excitement of the ballpark is uh, what we're looking forward to. And, of course, speaking of that, just a friendly reminder, since there's plenty of baseball left, that means plenty of opportunities for you Colonels fans to come out to some games. Be sure to go online to colonels.com. The ticket office at the ballpark or call 319-896-7560 for tickets. Plenty still available for the rest of this season. Hopefully we got a good finish in store. Brian Dinkelman, former Colonels hitting coach, current Colonels manager, our guest today on All Ears with the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Thanks again for jumping on. Good luck to you and the team for the rest of the season. And let's go, Colonels. Thanks, Chris. Cedar Rapids Colonels, let the good times roll. This has been All Ears, the official podcast of the Cedar Rapids Colonels. This podcast was created by the Cedar Rapids Colonels and edited by Metro Studios. Logo created by Brandon Vacco and the Cedar Rapids Colonels. I'm your host, Chris Clanon Schultz. Thank you for listening. Hey, hey, Colonels, let the good times roll. Cedar Rapids, Colonels, let the good times roll.